blessing it is. I'm glad it's paid in full and that we don't have to continue to do those things. I want you to take your Bibles, the book of Acts, if you would, this morning. Acts chapter number 24. Uh, we're going to look in two separate places, Acts 24 uh, and then also Acts chapter 26. So if you'll put your finger in both those places, stand with me if you would, out of respect for the Word of God, if you're physically able to. Uh, if you're not, that's okay. Uh, but if you are, uh, please stand up as we respect the Word of God here. In Acts 24 and then Acts chapter 26, read a couple verses in both of those passages. Give it the title of the message and then we'll get into the heart of it this morning. Acts chapter number 24, starting in verse number 24, uh, the Bible says, uh, And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, he said, I will call for thee. And then I want you to flip over to Acts chapter number 26. Acts chapter number 26. And we'll start reading in verse number 24 down through verse number 28. It says, And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. And he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this, the, uh, this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. I was reading these passages of Scripture this week, and I just came to the mindset in the heart of there was these three men, Felix, Agrippa, and Festus, that we're reading about. And I'm going to preach a message entitled this morning, Three Men That Made Three Fatal Mistakes. Three men that made three fatal mistakes. And we're going to talk about those mistakes here this morning. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the day that you've given to us. Thank you for the opportunity we have to open your word this morning. Lord, I stand where the arm of the flesh will fail me. I need your help and I need your touch. Lord, I ask you please to clear my mind of any distractions. Lord, if there's anything that's in our hearts that are distracting us from the message this morning, I pray that you'll uh, eliminate those out of our minds and our hearts and help us to focus on your word of God. And Lord, we love you and we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of opening uh, the Word of God and learning truths from it, Lord, that you have placed here under your inspiration for our doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. And Lord, I just pray that you'll help us as we uh, listen to your Word this morning, that we'll be pricked in the heart. Lord, that if there's any that aren't saved, they'll get saved. And Lord, if there's those that are on the fence deciding whether they want to get all in for you or not, that they'll make that decision this morning. Lord, we'll give you the praise, the honor, and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. As I was reading this, Paul was accused, and he's standing there making his defense. He's been accused of a lot of things, and uh, they, they tried to accuse Paul of uh, preaching a 
false doctrine and they tried to preach, uh, accuse Paul of bringing people uh, uh, to this man Jesus and they, they just criticized. You know, Paul went through a lot of things. Paul was stoned outside of Lystra, left for dead in his life. Paul went uh, all about, there was a, a big change that took place in the life of Paul and it started on the road to Damascus. See, Paul was one of the biggest persecutors of the church of God. Uh, that's when he was Saul. Saul of Tarsus was one that held the coats for the men that stoned Stephen. Uh, Paul, Saul was one that was going with orders to Damascus to uh, persecute the church of God, to imprison or even kill, if need be, those that were prophesying in the name of Jesus or that were trying to convert others to Christianity. And here it comes now where he's on the road to Damascus and he's, uh, uh, he comes face to face with God. And God knocks him off the animal that he's riding on and blinds him. And he says, who art thou, Lord? And this is where he comes to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God does a work in his life that day and changes him. And as 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. The man that was willing to persecute the church of God has now uh, accepted that same God into his life and has now, by faith, put his faith and trust in what Jesus Christ had done on the cross. And he's got a new direction now and a new focus. And he's been preaching and winning people to Christ and starting different churches and all of these different things that he's gone through. And he's gone through a lot of persecution and he's gone through a lot of punishment. And the things that he did to others, he experienced himself and a lot of these things that he was reaping because he sowed some of these things. But he was also doing it for the righteousness sake. And he was saying, listen, if I'm persecuted for the Lord's sake, then I joy in my, my infirmities and I rejoice in those kind of things. And now he's standing before three different people and he's giving testimony of what God did for him. And in Acts chapter number 24, I was reading down through this and he comes here and uh, he's standing here in verse number 23. It says, and he commanded a centurion to keep Paul and to let him have liberty and that he should not forbid him of his acquaintance to minister uh, uh, or come unto him. Now listen, to give Paul liberty to talk is a dangerous thing. Why? Because if you give Paul any liberty to talk, guess who you're going to hear about? You're going to hear about Jesus. If you gave the Apostle Paul liberty to, to speak freely in front of you, there's no doubt within a matter of moments, you're going to hear about what took place on that road to Damascus. You're going to hear about what Jesus did for him. You're going to hear about how he used to persecute the church of God. And now he's being persecuted for the cause of Christ. And he's saying, listen, I, I count not myself to have apprehended. He said, but well, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth to those things which are before, I press towards the mark. That's what he was doing and any any time you gave him liberty see and this is where Felix made that mistake in his life as he said this he said listen I, I'm going to give him liberty to talk and he, he begins to talk and you know what happens it says he was pricked in his heart as he as Paul began to share with him uh, in verse number uh, 24 it says and after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla which was a Jewess he sent for Paul and heard him concerning what? Concerning why he was innocent? Concerning why he shouldn't be in bonds on his way for trial? No, he said he heard him concerning his faith in Christ. Here's Felix now listening, saying, okay, Paul, you've had something you wanted to say. I've given you liberty. Tell me about this faith that you have in Christ. And Felix listened. 
And Paul uh, came out and basically said all that God wanted him to say. In verse 25, it said, And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. He said, listen, there's a righteousness, Felix, that you can have. That righteousness, though, only comes through God and a relationship with him. And he talked about temperance and self-control and learning to have that. And then judgment to come. Hey, listen, if you don't trust this Jesus as your Savior, there's going to come a time you're going to be standing in a great white throne judgment. You're going to be standing there and you're going to have to say, hey, why should I let you into heaven? Because of my good works or because of any of this? And he's going to say, no, depart from me. I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. And you're going to spend eternity in a place called hell. I believe that's Paul's message. Why? Because that's the gospel. And he said he seeks not to teach and preach Jesus. That's all he knew to talk about. The Apostle Paul, listen, he was very uh, learned. Paul could uh, talk with anybody. But Paul now is standing here talking with Felix and he's uh, t- testifying of his faith in Christ. And here's where uh, Felix makes a very, very huge mistake. He reads in this pa- we read in this passage of Scripture... That after Paul reasoned of him of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, it said Felix trembled. You know what happened there? Holy Ghost conviction came upon Felix. The Holy Spirit of God, through the Word of God, began to make Felix tremble of his lost condition. And if you're in this room today and you're lost, let me explain something to you. You're in the same situation that Felix was in. You're in a place today where you get to hear about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is that? His death. He died for all men. Why? Because we're sinners. And because of our sin, the wages of sin is death. That was my my penalty, my payment for sin was for me to die forever in a place called hell. But Jesus came not to, to, to condemn the world because we were condemned because of sin, but to save them. That's why he came but that the world through him might be saved. And Jesus came and offered life because he lived sinless upon this earth and he became sin's sacrifice on the cross. And through his shed blood, he paid for that sin debt. Not only did he die, but he was buried, rose again, showing his victorious godliness over death and he can offer life everlasting to anyone who will believe it. And if you're here today and you hear that gospel, it's the same gospel that Felix heard. It's the same gospel that Felix was trembling in his heart because the same Holy Ghost that's in Felix that says, hey, you need to heed what the preacher's saying is the same Holy Spirit that says, hey, listen, you need to listen to what the Word of God is saying in your heart. And he said he he trembled in his heart. And then he gave an answer. But he gave the wrong one. Look at his answer. He said, go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. See, Felix said something that was very dangerous. It was a very fatal mistake that that Felix made. This is what he said, Brother Ron. He said, not now. Hey, I know what you're saying, and I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God, but Felix is saying this to him. He said, you know what? I'll do it later. I know what you're doing is right, and I, I, hear, I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but I'm sure I've got time. Just let me ponder some of this, and give me, give, give me time, and, and, and I'll call you back in a convenient season, and maybe I'll do what you're talking about. Listen, that sounds like people we come across 
quite often. And it's a lie Satan gives a lot of people. Oh, you have plenty of time. Oh, just wait a little longer. You know what? Not now. You can do it later. You don't have to trust Christ today. You have your whole life ahead of you. You can, you can do it later. But if you read in James chapter 4, it says, what is your life? It is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Listen, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And there's a lot of people that are in hell today that said, not now. Not now. They hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They know they're a sinner. They believe that, that Jesus died. And they, they say, I know that's what God's word says. And I know that it says that I, I need to trust him by faith. But you know what? Just not now. I'm not ready. When it's convenient for me, I'll do it. Listen, you can't wait till it's convenient for you because now is the day of salvation. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. None of us are. I'm not guaranteed. You're not guaranteed. Life can be snatched away from us just like that. But if you're saved in this room, glory be to God, absent with the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And I'm glad that because of Jesus' sacrifice for me and my faith and trust in the finished work of Christ, I'm sealed into the day of redemption. I'm on my way to heaven. And there was a day, I didn't say not now, I said today. Lord, I'll do it. But Felix said, not now. He put it off. His procrastination was dangerous. It was very dangerous. Why? Because if you keep reading, look what it says. He hoped also that money should have been given him of Paul, that he might loose him. Wherefore, he sent for him, the the oftener, and communed with him. But look what it says. But after... Two years, Pecurius Festus came in unto Felix's room, and Felix, willing to show the Jew a pleasure, left Paul bound. Now, wait a second. How long? Two years. He said, listen, I'm going to call you at a convenient season, and you'll come back to me. Oh, you know what he really wanted? He wanted money. He said, you know what? This thing you're telling me about, I know you're right, but I'll do that at a later time. If you give me money, I'd set you free. Listen, a lot of us trust more in money than we do in the Lord. And listen, money's not going to buy your way into heaven. Felix wanted money of Paul to set Paul free, but you know what Paul was offering? He was offering something that could set Felix free. But Felix is bound by sin. And he was bound by his own greed and wanting money, and he was procrastinating, and it became dangerous to him. It also put him deeper into sin. Why? Because not only did he want money, it put him off for a couple of years. He hardened his heart all those times. He, was, uh, he had deceived himself through thinking he could wait, and that one day he would, he would end up getting it. And I believe today that Felix is in hell because he said, not now. Not now. And Satan used that in Felix's life. Just to say, you know what, don't submit today. You have plenty of time. So that was Felix. He made a very fatal mistake, and Felix said this, Not now, God. The Holy Spirit was piercing his heart and showing him his need of salvation, and you know what he said? Not now. Not now. So if you're here today and you're not saved, listen, don't tell the Lord not now. He wants you to be saved today. But maybe you're here and you're... You are saved, but God's been trying to deal with you about service for Him. You know what? We're guilty of saying the same thing to God in our service for Him. Oh, God, I know you want me to do this. God, I know you want me to serve in this aspect. God, I know you want me to, to be a soul winner. God, I know you want me to be a, 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 in the ministry of this point. Or maybe you want me to be a missionary. Or maybe you want me to be a, a full-time preacher. Maybe you want me to do something here or there, Lord, but not now. Not now. 
Listen, my question to you is this, church. Are you going to say, not now and procrastinate today? Are you going to say, not now? That's dangerous because you're not guaranteed an opportunity tomorrow. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stand, even as a child of God, at the judgment seat of Christ, having to hang my head in shame because I told God my service for him is not now. I'll do it later. You know what? Oh, religion's for old people. Serving God's for the elderly, not for the young. We have plenty of time to do that. No, now is the time to serve Christ. The world needs God's people to serve him with all their hearts and all their soul and all their mind. Felix said, not now. Look at chapter number 26. We're going to start all the way back verse 13 right here. And I'm going to read this passage down through verse 28. And I want you to bear with me as we read through it. It says this, At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me, and them which journeyed with me. He's talking to King Agrippa. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking to me, saying in Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in, in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in, in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judea and then uh, to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do the works meet for repentance. For these causes the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those things which the prophet and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer. And that he should be the first and should rise from the dead and should show the light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And he, and as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak for the words of truth and soberness. For the thing, for the king knoweth of these things before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. As I was reading this, now Paul is standing before King Agrippa. 
Festus, Procurius Fester that we re- Festus we read about in chapter 24, remember, uh, when uh, Felix wanted to uh, please the Jews, so he kept Paul bound. Now Festus is sitting there listening to Paul speaking freely before King Agrippa. And Paul starts all the way back on the road to Damascus. And he's telling him about the light that he saw. And he's telling him about what Jesus said to him. And he's telling him about the change that took place in his life. He's giving him his testimony. He's telling him about how he came and he, he, he told me I was going to uh, preach to the Gentiles and uh, that they may see the light of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they may turn from sin unto God, that they may repent of their sin and their unrighteousness and, get, and gain heaven through faith in the Lord. And he's going through all this and he's talking to him. And he said, listen, to these things that I was told, I was not disobedient. I obeyed the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I applied it to my life and now I'm telling everyone Everybody that I can throughout Jerusalem and Judea and to the Gentiles and everybody that I know. And I'm not telling them what I want to say and the things that I think they need to hear. What I'm telling them is what the law and what Moses said that without faith it is impossible to please God. And without faith you cannot receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. And he goes through all of these things and he, he says to Agrippa, he says, I know that you believe. And in the middle of his speaking, Festus says, Paul, you're beside yourself. It said with a loud voice, he says it. You know what? He didn't just say, Paul, you're beside yourself. Much learning made you mad. You know what he said? He said, hey, you're a crazy man, Paul. The things that you're, you're talking about, you've lost your mind. He said, you know what? Festus said this thing, and this was a fatal mistake that Festus made. Festus said, not at all will I believe that. See, listen, Felix said, not now. Festus said, not at all. You know what? He said, you're crazy. I'm not going to believe that. And listen, there's people that are going to reject God. They're going to say, you know what? I don't believe that at all. I think that's a lie. You know what? You people that talk about righteousness and talk about salvation and talk about uh, how easy it is to be saved, that, you know what? How can it be so easy to trust Christ as your Savior? You guys are mad. You're crazy. There's going to be people that reject him because they say, not at all. Am I going to believe that? And that's the fatal mistake that Festus made. He insinuated that he did not need Christ. And listening to the... uh, Now you understand, when when Paul gave this same testimony to Felix, who was present piercing the heart of Felix? The Holy Spirit of God. And that same gospel that pierced Felix's heart, I'm sure was present there because we're going to read what King Agrippa says here in just a minute. So you know the, the presence of God was very evident in this place because Paul's preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Felix just had a hard heart and he says, you know what, I don't need Christ. This stuff you're talking about, you're crazy, I don't need that. He insinuated that he didn't need Christ. He inferred that Christ's death was an empty act when he said that. Oh, you're talking about uh, Jesus who they uh, buried and rose again from the grave? He said, listen, that didn't happen. You're, You're crazy about all that stuff. You can't speak in that. He insulted the wisdom of God through it. He showed his ignorance about God's character. He ensured that his soul was going to burn forever in hell through this time. Because you know what he said? Not at all will I believe that. Not at all will I do that. And you know what? I believe Festus is in hell today because he said not at all. 
Felix is in hell today because he said, not now. And over time, guess what? He just never trusted Christ. But here now, Festus says, not at all. But then King Agrippa, verse 28, King Agrippa said unto Paul, look, it's capitalized. He says, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. King Agrippa says, not quite there. Almost. I'm on the verge. Almost you persuaded me to be a Christian. But he said, not quite. Not quite. You understand these three statements, not now, not at all, and not quite, are sending people to hell. Those three statements are also crippling our service for God because we say God not now God never will I do that you ever said that be careful what you tell God you'll never do be careful my father-in-law told me one time he said I I said I'm never gonna get up in front of people and talk and God called him to preach he said, I would get sick when I had to do speech class. You know, I couldn't get up in front of people and do that. He said, I'm not going to do that kind of stuff. And God calls him to preach. There was just a young man went to camp with us this past summer. Those of you that went to teen camp, Josh, you remember Josh that came from North Carolina, went with us. Josh been struggling about God's call on his life to preach. You know what he told his grandparents and he told his dad, he told his mom, he said, I'm never going to be a preacher. Not going to do it. And God was dealing with his heart, dealing with his heart, dealing with his heart at camp. He said, you know what? I just can't take it anymore. He said, I'm just going to surrender and do what God wants me to do. And he said, he was going to, and he called his grandpa. He said, you know, I told you that I would never preach what God's been calling me to preach and I'm going to do it. Listen, be careful saying I'm never going to do something. Be careful saying that. But the fact is, you know what? Festus said, not at all am I going to believe that. There's people that no matter how much you try to give them the gospel, they're just going to reject it. That doesn't mean we don't give it. See, Paul stood before Felix, and you know, if, if Paul was like most of us, when Felix says, you know what, not now. Yeah, I, I want to ponder it. Give me some more time. I'll call you when it's convenient for me, for you to come back. Paul could have said, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm getting so discouraged. Nobody wants to hear what I got to say. Nobody's listening to this. He could have thrown it in the towel and been done with it. But you know what, he realized that the choice wasn't his to make. His job was to give the gospel and leave the decision up to the person that's hearing it. My job is not to make sure that you trust Christ as your Savior. My job is to make sure I give you all the tools that you need to trust Christ as your Savior. To present it all out there for you. I can't save you and I can't make you saved, but I can introduce you to the one who can save you. And the decision is up to you. The decision's up to you. And you can sit here today and you can say, not now. You can sit here today and say, hey, preacher, you're crazy. Much learning hath made you mad. That Bible's just made you crazy. And to that I say, praise God. I'd, I'd like to be crazy for Jesus, amen? And the fact of the matter is they're going to think you're nuts when you start giving the gospel. 
People are going to think you're crazy. You start living for God, walking differently than the world, coming out from among them and being separate, saith the Lord. If we start acting like God and, and, and walking in His footsteps and, and following His attributes and doing all these things according to the Bible, you know what the world's going to say? Much learning hath made you mad. That's a cult. Those people brainwashed you. The fact of the matter is when you get saved, you ought to get brainwashed. You say, why? Because Philippians 2 says this, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. You know what that is? That's a washing of the brain. You are being brainwashed when you get into the Bible. You know why? Because what is sin and defiling and wicked inside of us needs to be cleansed through the washing of the water of the Word. And we're not trying to indoctrinate you to be robotical people. We're trying to teach you to love God and know God and obey His truths and His commandments. Why? Because He said, Be ye holy as I am holy. He said, Come out from among them and be ye separate. Why? Because you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. He says, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercy of God that you present your body a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service he says and be not conformed to this world but be transformed by what the renewing of your mind guess what you got to be brainwashed to serve God got to be brainwashed you know why because you know what our fleshly mind and, and heart thinks sin and unrighteousness and wickedness we look at people and say man how could they ever do something like that I couldn't imagine anybody ever getting to the mindset where they could either maybe take their own life or they could uh, uh, cause a little infant inside the mother's womb to be uh, murdered in that area of abortion. How could somebody ever do that? How could somebody ever uh, just go off and leave their family? How could somebody ever do that? I'll tell you why. Sin. Sin. Sin takes you farther than you ever want to go. It keeps you longer than you want to stay. It costs you far more than you ever want to pay. Sin does that in our hearts and our minds. But when we get into the Word of God and we have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and that blood that's applied to our account and we begin to get into the Bible and from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21 we begin to study the Word of God and let the washing of the water of the Word start taking place. Guess what's happening? Our mind's getting washed and we're getting brainwashed for Jesus. We say, well, how could somebody who used to be that way now be living holy and righteous before God? I'll tell you why. Because that's what Jesus does in people. How could somebody who uh, was standing there holding the coats of the men that stoned Stephen as Stephen lifted up his eyes to God and said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And he heard that statement. How could he go and persecute the church of God? And how could he do all of this? And then all of a sudden, God saved him and he turned his life around. Now he's trying to win as many people to God as he can when he used to try to kill them and put them in jail. How could that take place? He told Agrippa, he told Felix, he told Festus, he told all of them, it's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. And the only reason that you'll ever do anything, and the only reason I'll ever do anything, is not because of us, but because who's in us? Christ in us. The Bible says this, though. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. See, we always talk about Christ in us, Christ in us. But you know, if we're going to be doing what we're supposed to be doing, we need to be in Christ. You say, what do you mean by that? Not just covered by the blood of Christ on our life, but we need to be dwelling in Christ. That means we need to be saturated by Him every day. 
We need to put ourselves in Christ's place. You say, what do you mean? I'm following him, doing what he says, just as he told the disciples, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. We need to follow him and become what he wants us to be. But there's people that'll sit and they'll hear the truth of the word of God and they'll hear God uh, pricking at their hearts and uh, he'll be knocking at their heart's door just like the church of Laodicea. He'll say, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. And he's knocking on that door and he's saying, listen, I want you to be a better soul winner. I want you to be a better giver. I want you to be more faithful to me. I want you to do all these things. You know what we say, God, not now. Not now. Maybe sometime, Lord. When it's convenient for me. When it's not going to take me out of my comfort zone, Lord. When, when it's convenient time for me, Lord, I'll call you and, and you can come do with me what you want to do. But not now. And then God will be knocking at our heart's door sometimes maybe and we'll say, God, never. God, I'm not a soul winner. I don't do that. God, I don't, I don't do bus ministry. God, I don't do children's church. God, I don't do that. Not at all will I do that. Listen, now I know they were saying this about salvation, but a lot of times God's people say this about service. And then some of us say, God, almost. I'm almost there, God, but just on the verge. I believe these are some of the most sad words in all of Scripture. The Holy Spirit of God convicted Felix's heart, and he says, not now. Not now. And over time, you know what? He got calloused. And he's burning in hell today because he told God, not now. And there's some spiritually dead people today. Though they may be alive in Christ because of salvation, they're dead in their spiritual life because they tell God, not now. King Agrippa says, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Look at verse 29. It says, and Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and all together such as I am, except these bonds. He said, listen, you know what I want? He said, I don't want people to be bound. He said, I want them to be free. He said, listen, I'm in bonds, but I'm still free. Oh, yeah, I'm bound in these, these chains and these shackles, but spiritually, I'm free. Why? Because of Jesus. And I want all of you that hear me, not just you, King Agrippa, not just you, Festus, but everybody that's listening, I want you to be saved. I want you to know Jesus as your Savior. And listen, that's my cry to you today. If you're here and you're lost, listen, please don't allow pride to send you to hell. I don't care if you've been in church your entire life. I don't care if you've been a faithful giver. I don't care if you've come to every service that you could ever have thought of. I don't care if you've listened to preaching sermons throughout the week and all of those things. If you've never genuinely put your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, you're lost and on your way to hell. And don't allow Satan to keep you from that by you saying, not now, not quite, almost, I'm almost there, not ever. Don't die and go to hell because you're going to tell God that. Because the only way you go to heaven is for you to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And the only way you're going to have a happy, prosperous Christian life is if you say, yes, Lord. Lord, I'll do it. Here am I. 
Lord, use me. Will, you said God wants you to preach. You know what? Don't ever tell God, God, not now. Not ready for that. You preach Jesus. Because that's what changes lives. It's not you, but it's Jesus in you and you in him. That's going to change people's lives. So how can we turn the world upside down? How can we see Martinsburg have revival? I'll tell you why. Preach Jesus. Preach Jesus. Because guess what? Not everybody's going to say these three things. There's going to be some that say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. See, I experienced this situation yesterday. I went to buy some concrete to put in uh, for footer post down at the house for the deck and talked to a young man named Brad yesterday and as I was talking to him I believe his name is Ben not Brad I think Ben was his name I talked to Ben and I gave him the gospel and I had one of our missionaries brother James Baxter with me and Carter they were standing there we were just talking to him for a little bit of time I asked him if he knew for sure he was on his way to heaven and he said you know what I'd like to think so but I'm not sure and so I went through the gospel, and I told him, I said, you know, if, if, God, if, if you thought God would tell you for sure how you could know you're going to heaven, wouldn't you like to know that? And I told him, 1 John 5, 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. See, God wants you to know. And I went through, and I told him about us being sinners, and how our sin had a penalty, and how Jesus paid that sin debt for us, and all these things. And I said, man, would you like to trust him as your Savior? He said, yes, I would. But you know what? My boss will yell at me if I stand here and talk any longer. You know what he said? Not now. Not now. And I'm praying that he went back in there and that he did business between him and God. I told him, I said, listen, you don't have to pray in front of me. It's not a words that you say anyway. It's the belief in your heart. I said, but you need to talk to God and admit that you're a sinner and admit that you're uh, on your way to hell and that you need his saving grace applied to your life and you'll trust him by faith. I said, you can do that just between you and him while you're stacking concrete or you're doing something else. Just talk to the Lord about it. And he said, yeah. He said, okay, I'll, I'll do that. But you know what he said? He said, not right now. You know what? My heart was grieved for that. You know why? Because I wanted to see him saved. But only he, only he can make that decision. Don't make the same mistake that many people have made by telling God, God, not now. Or almost, I'm persuaded. Or saying, you know what? Not at all. I don't believe that. You can say that all you want to, but that's not going to change the fact that you're going to burn in hell forever. You can say this, you can say, you know what, preacher, I don't believe you. That's fine. You don't have to believe the word of God. But if you don't believe, guess what? You're condemned already, right? He that believeth not is condemned already. And so guess what's going to happen? Because you haven't believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work, you can argue with me all day long, but the reality and the fact of the matter is this. You're going to stand before a holy God. And there's going to come a day that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The sad part is, Brother Jeff, is that we have children of God that have been saved by the blood of Christ that won't serve him as their Lord. But you know what? There's coming a day. Those people that tell God, not now, not at all, almost, they're going to bow. And they're going to confess, Jesus Christ, you are Lord, to the glory of God the Father.
listen, why don't you just get on board with it now? Why don't you just start putting it into practice now? Because you're going to say it one day. You're going to believe it one day. And the Holy Spirit might be knocking at your heart's door this morning. Why don't you just open it for him? Maybe you're not saved here today. Just trust Jesus. Just trust Jesus. Three men made three fatal mistakes. One said, not now. When it's more convenient, I'll do it. One said, Paul, you're mad. I'm not going to believe that. He said, not at all. And then King Agrippa said, Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Listen, I don't want you to die and go to hell because you said not now. I want you to die and go to hell because you said almost, preacher. Or because you just said, you know what, I don't believe that. The fact is, you can't be saved without believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to believe it. But I believe there's many going to be standing at a judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to miss out on a bunch of blessings that God has for us and a bunch of rewards God has for us because we told God those same things. God, not now. Just not ready. Not ready to commit it to you, Lord. Not ready to give it all. Not now. Some will say, you know what? Almost, almost I surrendered. Almost doesn't cut it. You either do it or you don't. Some people say, never, God, will I do that. And there's a world dying and going to hell because children of God aren't willing just to obey God and say, Lord, here am I. Here am I. Heads bowed, eyes closed.